Welcome to Smart Companies Thinking Bigger Radio. Get the inside scoop on how America's most successful business owners transform their entrepreneurial vision into reality. And listen in as some of the top business minds in the country serve up practical advice, tips, and insights for growing your business. Now, here's your host, Kelly Scanlon. Good morning. I'm Mary McKenna with Smart Companies Radio KC, filling in for Kelly Scanlon, who has uh, this morning off. We are talking, we're talking more about baking. It's kind of a baked morning. I feel a little half-baked <laughs> right now. Our guest today on Smart Companies KC is the owner of Bob's Bakery, the owner and chef. Is it, is it appropriate to say, chef, you're a baker? Bakers are not Actually, chefs, right? Well, you're a chef if you run a kitchen. So, and I run a, a pastry kitchen. kitchen. So that would make yeah. him Chef Bob Benish. Benish's Bakery, Bob's Biscotti, and I apparently have a thing with bees. You do like your bees. You were born into a restaurant family. Now, you and I know each other for more years than I'd really care to admit. And I, I knew that you were a baker from Christmas parties that you had at your house. And we'll just let it go at that, that I was at some of these functions and actually can remember them. And everybody would surround the stove because the goodies were there, fresh out of the oven, right on top of the range. We would uh, sit there and snack all evening. You're an amazing baker, Bob. Oh, Mary, you're kind to say so. I'm trying to be. <laughs> again, <laughs> again, we've known each other for a lot of years, so I could share some other stories three, that have three and nothing. Three years. We go back at least that far. At least that far. Yeah. And, and uh, most of the stories I could share have nothing to do with your baking ability. And but, probably would get me in trouble. <laughs> both of us, for that matter. Let's talk about your history in the, in the restaurant industry. I know my grandfather had restaurants in St. Louis around the turn of the century and up to the early 30s and my father was in the restaurant business he came to Kansas City in about 1947 and he took a job managing Oakwood Country Club we were living actually upstairs there was a there was a nice little one bedroom apartment for a family of four <laughs> this is post war so you know oh you were happy he, to have that you know, I think people really were struggling just to find housing. There was a lot of a building boom starting, but finding housing and coming back from World War II, um, people didn't have a lot of money, and therefore, if you had a place to live, not too bad. But this was my sister, myself, my father, my mother in a room above the main area of the country club and my memories, my fondest memories, my biggest memories were going down to the kitchen in probably my Dr. Dutton's little foots, you know, covered Those by are the... PJs for people who don't know what Dr. Dutton's are. <laughs> yeah, they are the ones... And my grandmother told me about them. I'm not old enough to really know what Dr. Dutton's well, are. Well, they, they covered you from neck to foot. <laughs> All the way down. You had, you had little uh, foot parts that you, you know, your feet were covered. There was, I guess, a, maybe a little rubber on the bottom to keep you from right. slipping and sliding. And I would go down there and... There was a gentleman named John Nagy, 
John the Baker is what I knew him as, and he was, as I recall, a little rotund and not too tall, and he had magic hands that would dispense little bits of chocolate, what we call nonpareils, those little kind of eighth of an inch long and very tiny things you use to decorate cakes. And he would hold out his hand, and I would hold mine out underneath it, and a few nonpareils or a few raisins would drop <gasps> in, and I was <laughs> in heaven. I thought this was the best human being in the world. And my father was in the food business uh, all of his life, and so I got to, to meet a lot of bakers and some of the local bakers. Uh, Andre worked for him for a very brief period of time, and uh, Volley Uhl of Wally's in the Northland, on, I think they're still on North Oak, uh, worked for my father for some time, and then they went off and, and started their own bakeries. So I got to see Wally a lot. I don't know that I ever got to watch Andre cooking or baking, but these are both very fine bakers, and John Nagy was a fine baker. And I remember probably more than anything that he made a thing called a Schnecken, mm -hmm. which a Schnecken? is what we now call sticky buns. But it was a little more gooey than sticky. <laughs> And this is something that when you see it and taste it and smell it, for me, those, that never left my memory. It's, it's still there. I can still see those Schnecken that he made. So you've got butter running through your veins. Uh, yes, and my doctor is not <laughs> fond of that. Uh, but, uh, you know, we go from there. My, I, I got to watch my mother make cheesecakes for my father's first restaurant, which was the Twin Oaks. I remember that. I mean, I remember the restaurant, the Twin Oaks. Yeah, he was, he was the first uh, proprietor. Where was... Where's Twin Oaks was the set of apartments uh, on Oak at about 51st. Uh, right across, they have now, about five years, six years, seven years ago, ten years ago, they got torn down. Right. And there's student housing there now, I believe. Isn't it a mixed-purpose housing with uh, for the elderly and students? Could be. I, I, th Could I think be. so. You may be right on that. Near the uh, University of Missouri-Kansas City campus. But it used to be, I guess, about 10, 12, 14 stories tall, and the restaurant was on the first floor, and... Uh, Every week, three times a week, my mother made a cottage cheesecake, which has a lighter texture and seems like it's just not as heavy. But you drain out all of the, all of the liquid from the cottage the cheese way. and you mm -hmm. replace that with cream and eggs. And it's a wonderfully rich but lighter textured cheesecake, lemony with a... Uh, an absolutely lovely crust of Zweibach and pecan. Is anybody getting hungry? Because, you know, it is almost lunchtime. Although we've been snacking prior to the show this morning. I'm not a ginger snap person, but these ginger snaps with the slivered almonds to die for. Oh, my gosh, Bob, they're wonderful. Well, it's a, it's a recipe that I kind of adjusted from two different recipes in one baking book. 
to get the texture I want and the spices I want. One had the spices, the other had a texture that looked better. And it's a ginger snap. I'm, I'm just starting to sell wholesale to restaurants and coffee shops for them to bake, ready to bake, pop it out of the, the box frozen, put it on the uh, cookie sheet, let it thaw a little bit, and pop it in the oven, bring it out. So we're going to start at the simplest times when Bob got started about 10 years ago. Of course, we'll talk a little bit about your history in uh, television and radio, and that's how we know each other. Bob Benish, the owner of Bob's Bakery with us today. We're going to take a short break, and when we come back, we'll have a snack (laughs) and a lot more talk here at Smart Companies Radio KC. I'm Mary McKenna, in for Kelly Scanlon today. We'll be right back. Listen, as a hiring manager, I've got to tell you, the best job candidate isn't always the typical candidate. Sometimes they're a grad of life. Meet the grads of life, young adults of unique determination and experience, an ideal fit for your company in an entry-level position, internship, or mentorship. They might not have every qualification you typically look for, but they're exactly who your company needs. Sometimes the best candidates aren't the ones you're used to. Go to gradsoflife.org to learn how to find, cultivate, and train this great pool of untapped talent. Brought to you by the Ad Council and gradsoflife.org. Get ready for an evening exploding with energy as we celebrate Kansas City's entrepreneurial community at the 14th Annual 25 Under 25 Awards Dinner and Gala Saturday, February 28th at the Downtown Marriott. Join host Thinking Bigger Business Media and sponsor UMB for cocktails, dinner, and entertainment as we recognize the achievements of 25 outstanding Kansas City area small businesses with under 25 employees. Employees. Reserve your tickets starting January 1st at 25under25.com. That's 25under25.com. Take a look under your bed. Find stuff under there? What about jobs? No? Now try your closet. Still no jobs, just more stuff? Well, you really have both. See, stuff is defined as household articles considered as a group. Sometimes this stuff is no longer needed. Wait, no longer needed? That can't be right. Because remember those jobs you were looking for? Those are really needed. And they're the stuff inside your stuff. Our job is to unlock those jobs. And it starts when you donate your stuff to your local Goodwill. Here's how we do it. When you donate to Goodwill, we sell your stuff to provide job training for people right here in your community. So just by teaming up with Goodwill, you help create jobs. And isn't that worth parting with the leftover keytar from your 80s cover band? Goodwill. Donate stuff. Create jobs. Welcome back. Smart Companies Radio KC. I'm Mary McKenna in for the regular host. Kelly Scanlon, who has this morning off. We're talking with Bob Benish, who is the owner of Bob's Bakery in Kansas City, Missouri. And Bob's been at this uh, for about 10 years. Now, you and I know each other because of radio and television and worked in, well, primarily radio. But you graduated and pursued a career in broadcast. Briefly. Radio and TV. um, At television. I I was a floor director Mm -hmm. at KCTV which was then KCMO television. Mm -hmm. And that was a brief stint. And then I was, I worked for Fred Diebel, Diebel's Pipe Shop on the Plaza. And then we started, uh, a friend and I started McClellan Tobacco Company, making English-style pipe tobaccos. 
it was a partnership which went the way of almost all partnerships and became <laughs> a sole proprietorship. And uh, I did a little bit of post-grad work in theater and then got back into radio in the news department at KCMO Radio and after a while transferred over to KMBZ where, where you and I met. Where we met and remained yeah. in the news business for the next 25 years. You've done a lot of different things. I'm curious, after working with your father and having such uh, a background in baking and in the restaurant business, why did you decide to pursue uh, a career or at least a, a degree in broadcast television and radio? I didn't think baking was going to be my life, and the restaurant business is insanely demanding. The hours, I would see my father put in 16, 18-hour days at Oakwood Country Club. Uh, I could go for a week without seeing him at home mm -hmm. just because I'd be up and gone to school before he would get up and go to work, and then he might come back at 1 or 2 in the morning. And, you know, we would never even see one another. So in uh, 2007, you opened Benish's, Benish's Bakery. Bakery, yep. Where you... What do, do what most entrepreneurs do, and that's where multiple hats, way too many probably for one person. But tell us a little bit how that started. From my recollection, uh, you didn't have to go anywhere to get to work. You uh, just walked into your garage. I, I walked into what was my garage. We wanted to do this right. And so the garage in, in a house that's now about 80 years old you're still in the same house? Still in the same house. Over in the... Waldo big, area. In the Waldo area. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Tore everything out, down to the studs, pulled the floor, poured new concrete, everything up to code, everything up to spec, so that when the health department comes in, they're not looking at something that doesn't make sense to them at all. Uh, that doesn't conform to the the kinds of walls that you need, the kinds of surfaces you need. So it's all professional. It is thoroughly up to code, but that means you have to kind of plan in ahead to get all that done. But you're right in the middle of a residential area. Wasn't that an issue as far as having a professional bakery in, in a neighborhood there in Walter? You need to get zoning redone. You need to get a zoning clearance and there are rules that have to be followed. Basically, you cannot do direct retail out of your home, which makes perfect sense because your neighbors don't know whether the people are coming up for baked goods or um, quote-unquote baked goods. <laughs> yeah, I'm just selling baked goods here, folks. Exactly, exactly. And, and you'd have cars on the street, you'd have foot traffic. They don't want that in a residential area. So I aimed at, at a um, essentially being a baker for other places rather than having my own bakery to sell directly to the public. We can sell by mail. Mostly we deliver who is we? How many people work for Benish's Bakery? Me and a half. I have a... Actually, my sister-in-law is an accountant and has done the bookkeeping and has taken on lots of other responsibilities as a part-time worker. She contacts some of the, the clients. Um, she tries to keep me sane. 
(laughs) Which is a full-time job. That was a lost cause many years ago. (laughs) Many years ago, Bob. So how did you get into your first store? How do you go from I'm baking to all of a sudden you have a boxed item that is sold commercially at a store? You walk in with product and a smile on your face and a melody in your heart, and you say, who's the buyer here? Who's, who owns this place? Or you call ahead and, and say, this is what I have. I'd love to bring you samples. You, you simply basically beat the pavement. How difficult was it to make that break into the grocery market? Grocery stores started with the Brookside Market, and that's close to where I am. And the person who does the specialty food buying had been tasting them as I as I developed them and was very eager to have them on the shelf as soon as he could see the packaging, see that I had the barcodes, see that I had all of the, the necessities, the um, food facts all of the things that you have to do to have a commercial product. And how many years of planning? Because not only did you have to do your due diligence to make sure that your garage was up to snuff, how many years did it take to know what your logo was, what kind of packaging you wanted, and how you were going to get that done? That's not an overnight decision. Packaging I knew almost nothing about. Um, and you try to find people who are going to help you find answers in the packaging business. So I could tell you about the mistakes. Well, you learn. You want to fail, and you want to fail fast so that you don't spend a lot of time, money, and effort in the wrong direction. That's true, and the thing is, when you're starting out, you're not really sure always what the right direction and the wrong direction is. So the first boxes I bought for biscotti um, were not what I would call food grade. They were perfectly fine as virgin cardboard, but the liner that holds held at that point the eight slice eight slices of biscotti. Um, absorbed the oil, particularly of my hazelnut. And when the oil is separated, you get a much quicker problem with staleness. Mm. So before six, eight months was up, I knew that this was not the box I needed. And I knew I needed something else. And the, the supplier I had did not have the proper food grade material. And I had to go looking, and I found a company in St. Joe that did at the time. It was St. Joe Packaging, which has gone through um, a new owner and has now been sold to local people again. So that has gone. And packaging is just taking it where you need to find it. Um, Finding people who do what is on your mind, like a two-slice bag, and you just start looking for people who produce a poly bag that's going to do the job and can manufacture to your specs. So you you hit the pavement, start knocking on doors, start making appointments. This is a one-man band at this time, and it's not much more than a one-man band now. One and a half, as you say. Still pretty much a one-man band. One and a half. One and a half. Want to give that half their due. 
Why? Oh, I couldn't. I couldn't live without without Peggy. Why biscotti? Obviously, you've branched out. You're, uh, you have other things that are available through Bob's Bakery now. But why did you target on the one single item? I really didn't think there was uh, a biscotti or biscotti that was up to what I wanted to eat commercially. I wanted a biscotti that that if you dunked it in coffee, it didn't crumble and give you a bunch of gunk in the bottom. I wanted one that was going to be easy enough to nibble so that you didn't have to throw it into the molars just to take a bite. I know so many of them are so thick. They're a good half inch or better thick. It's ridiculous. You break your teeth. Right around three-eighths of an inch. And and a good deal of it was looking for a recipe that was going to let me produce a long, thin biscotti. And that was a matter of, of trying recipe after recipe after recipe and seeing what the variations were and finally finding one that had a different, slightly different base. No butter white chocolate instead that you grind with sugar and it bakes in and it produced a lighter texture even the citrus biscotti is made with white chocolate and not all butter all three really i wow all three and uh, my cardiologist looked at the the numbers on the food facts and came back in after he had looked at him and he said you know you're making a pretty healthy treat and i said Really, <laughs> it wasn't because it wasn't. It really wasn't the intention, but but the fats come from cocoa butter and nuts predominantly. You get a little bit from uh, other things in citrus. You have both lemon and orange oils, so you get a little fat from those. Although it's pretty volatile, um, but the the white chocolate gives it the richness and the warmth if you use a really nice white chocolate. And finding a, a white chocolate that was really nice and yet not so pricey I couldn't afford it was another thing. That took uh, a few months. They do a little baking, not anywhere in the realm of what you do, Bob, but white chocolate without any sugar in it? No, white chocolate has sugar. Well, no, I, I realize. But, I mean, you can buy an unsweetened chocolate or a bittersweet chocolate, but as white chocolate, to my knowledge, always comes, it's always sweetened. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. It's, it's, not the, uh, it's not the same as the unsweetened chocolate, which has the, um, it's, honestly, it's cocoa butter. Mm -hmm. It's the cocoa butter that, that does so much to make white chocolate. So... How many different stores, gift shops, uh, coffee shops? I mean, where can we find you your can, goods? Well, we're in a few places about the nation. We, one of the things I, I wanted to do was to get national exposure. I've gotten a little, not necessarily as much as I would like, but, but a little. Uh, and one of the toughest things to do was, was the year and a half it took me to become a licensed vendor to the Nordstrom Espresso Bars. So we're in maybe half a dozen Nordstrom Espresso Bars, just got into the one on Market Street in San Francisco about three months ago, two months ago. Locally in Kansas City, we're in, oh boy... 
couple dozen places, uh, Brookside Market, Downtown Market, Prides. Louise was, was one of the first at Prides, Old Westport, to, to have my stuff. Louise had been tasting them as they went along, and, and before, before they were on the market, she said, I want these, which meant that I had an outlet before I even started, but then it was a matter of getting more and more. As you're expanding your line of baked goods for restaurants and coffee shops, are you thinking about expanding your staff? Is it always going to be just Bob with the apron on? Oh, I hope not. <laughs> I'd really love to have someone to help do the, the cleanup, if, if nothing else, because you finish a, an 8, 10, 11-hour day and you're faced with cleaning up uh, the, all of, the, all of the, the various implements you've used to make uh, two, three loads of, of biscotti, and that means you've got that hour while, while they're baking where you can't just relax and sit and wait for them to come from the oven. And Do you first see that happening? I see it happening. Are you happening. close to possibly bringing a staff on? I see it from the new line because part of it, part of what you find is that when you start off basically with one product, it's very, very difficult to look at it and say, can I afford to raise prices? Because you're, you're putting everything that you're making right out there to take a loss in what you're producing and what you're selling. So the, over a course of seven years, the prices on the biscotti have not gone up. And that is not a good recipe for success. The newer products that I'm making um, have, first, they have a better profit margin. And second, they have a much more specific aim, which is not grocery stores, but restaurants, coffee shops, and, and places where they can either keep them in the freezer for... Being, being put into uh, the fridge when you're about ready to use them and then bring them out. And you haven't tried that caramel pecan bar yet. That's no. one. And the, the ginger snap you did taste. I love the ginger snap. And, and the caramel pecan bar will be soon history. If uh, any are shortly left. Shortly after we're done. If any are left, because we are here and outside the studio, there's a swarm of locusts that's hovering right outside the kitchen. I want to thank you for being here today. If people want to know more about Bob's Bakery, where do I send them? Where it, Online, if they want to buy, where do they go? Um, I have a Facebook page, Benish's Bakery, and I have a phone number, 816-444-6778. And I know you're in the process of building a website. Hope to have that done in the first quarter of, of the coming year. Yeah, I think it's it's time to get into the 21st century. <laughs> Come join the rest of us, Bob. And then when that, of course, happens, you'll be a, a gazillionaire with a staff of hundreds. My, my uncle had an expression. My uncle was in the carpet business, and his expression was, make for the masses, live with the classes. Still true. I'm... I'm baking mostly organic. I'm baking high-end goods, and I will never be a millionaire. 
And sad to say. Sad to say, but that's okay because you're a great gentleman, and I'm proud to say that I've known you and I've been your friend for many, many years. Bob Benish, our guest today at Smart Companies KC. I'm Mary McKenna, in for Kelly Scanlon, and we'll see you next week. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.